Good evening, Spurs people. Uh, I say evening because this is Thursday evening after the Wednesday game against Aston Villa. So people not very happy. We've been reading that all day, of course. So, yeah, uh, Howard is with us again. Howard was at the game with Viv and Tom also. So they were lucky enough to get tickets. I, I say lucky enough. I'm wondering if they think that these days after the after the performance um but just a few little things uh, that have happened today cricket started in this area now i don't know how the weather is where you are listening to this but in wiltshire it's horrendous horrendous i've never seen such rain and living in devon i used to think it rained a lot but but nothing like here um so the cricket started, Somerset v Gloucestershire. I think it's a top-of-the-table clash, but how can it be if it's just started? But that's what I heard on the news. So good luck with that one for the next uh, few weeks. And do you know what? Having read all that I've read today about our game, I think we're all ready for the cricket season, aren't we? Even if we're not cricket yeah. people. Yeah. We're ready for it to start or, or maybe just the football to finish. So... Um, being retired, one of my pastimes, although I, I'm going to own up, I don't actually watch too much television, but but I do watch Countdown. And I either watch it live when it's going out or plus one. And Kim sometimes tapes it for me. That's the wrong word. But, uh, but I, I like to sort of test myself with words and numbers and stuff. So... Uh, and there's a part of the program where the lady, the dictionary lady, the the word yeah. guru, she she talks about terms that are used in English and where they come from. And it just made me think, this term made me think of Alan Gilzine because the term was money for old rope. So... I hadn't seen Gilly for many years and then got asked to go to Bristol to a BBC studio to talk about Gilly. He was getting put in the Scottish Hall of Fame. And I asked if this chap had spoken to Gilly. Yeah, Gilly's going to be talking before you. Whenever this was, probably a week or two's time in the future. So I said, okay, ask Gilly if he minds if I turn up early and, and talk to him. And the, the answer came straight back. Yes, of course, David, love to see you. So I spent a great afternoon with Gilly and we hadn't seen him for 30 odd years. Mm -hmm. And I said, Gilly, listen, get back involved with Tottenham. You, you know, you, you can, you probably, not that it's my role to, to invite anyone there, but... Gilly, they use the ex-players and the supporters would love to see you in the lounges and stuff. And, you know, you're, you're, you're the king of White Hart Lane. Forget everyone else. You, you're the king. So I said, Gilly, plus, you know, there's, there's a trade going on now in autographed pictures and stuff like that. So, you know, for instance, for signing some pictures, say 100, you get X for it. And... It's, it's too good to miss, Gilly. I don't know your financial situation. Don't tell me, please. But, but you, you can't sort of let this go. You get paid to watch football. Yeah. 
Who pays you? Well, Tottenham do. And what do you have to do? We well, just talk to supporters and stuff. And you get, and on the other hand, you get, you get money for signing pictures. Yeah, of course. Then they sell the pictures or they auction them off and do whatever. This is not Tottenham. This is maybe dealers or whatever you call them. Uh, yeah, I'll have some of that. So anyway, Gilly then gets back involved with, with the club. And on my very, one of my very rare occasions of going to a game, of course, I come across Gilly. Gilly's there drinking champagne and loving it. He's controlling the whole room. Bearing in mind, we hadn't seen him for 30 years. So I said, Gilly, how is it being back in touch with the chaps, with the club, etc.?" He said, Stevie, money for old rope. <laughs> and I'm never going to forget him saying that to me. I'm, I'm delighted to remember that. And, uh, of course, the term was, in the olden days, the, the rope that was used in rigging on ships, when it got old, was sold apparently to put in between planks on the ship as well. So that was that was the reason for money for old rope. Anyway, now I've stopped educating you. Now I'm going to get educated by Tom and Howard because they went to the game yesterday. And uh, so good evening, chaps. Thanks for um, your involvement again, as usual. Um, Howard, do you want to start? Let us know your... How, how did it feel, Howard? just traveling back setting your schedule to arrive at a certain time and get dressed up and how did all that feel ever before the game started um once you're in the car going on the way there getting stuck in absolutely terrible traffic as usual it was back to normal from that point of view yeah um the the, the atmosphere within the ground was obviously a bit better because there were people everywhere but they they didn't concentrate them too much they weren't in the upper tiers yeah. So they made a decent noise, but you, you know, I was still very conscious it was very short of numbers. Did you see lots of old friends, Spurs friends? Uh, only a couple. Okay. Yeah. Because you had to win a ballot to, to, and, to be and you, there. So. And your seats would not necessarily be where your normal seats were. We, yeah. we said hello to uh, some friends who were in the front row where we used to sit. Yeah. And we were a few rows back and up. Um, because just for, just for that game. And the traffic you encountered, was that normal London evening traffic? Yes. Or, yeah. or it certainly wasn't with regard to the game, was it? No, no, that was just, just the way it was. And you, Tom, you had to travel a bit further. How was that? It was okay. I mean, um, I went to work during the day. My office is in Brick Lane. And, uh, and I headed up to the ground for about uh, half past four. Um, and as... Uh, as Howard says, it, it, it was just nice kind of feeling that kind of match day normality for again for the first first time in a long time. And um go yeah, you know, going to the ground, I was genuinely buzzing again just because it had been so long since since I'd been and I managed to catch up with four or five, you know, good friends who I hadn't seen for a long time either. Um and So it was you just, made both both journeys by train? Uh Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got the, um, well, tube up seven sisters and then, um, yeah. uh, and then yeah, train, train back to Hampshire afterwards. Um, yeah, it's the way back wasn't as uh, fun as the way up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, before, up until kickoff, it was really nice just kind of getting back in there and, uh, and feel, feeling a bit of, of, of 
football normality again. But obviously, after the first 10 minutes or so of the game, uh, it didn't feel so good. Uh, did you get your food? Let's get to the important part. Did you get your food on entry, Howard? No, no food. No food at all yesterday. The food, what, it ran out? or They, they just weren't doing it because it was a six o'clock kickoff. And presumably they'd have to get everything organised for the caterers and then to set it all out for one game at six o'clock kickoff ah. probably wasn't, wouldn't have been worth their while. So. Was I, that thought in... they were, I thought they were going to give free food. For... You were, in one of the, were you in one of the lounges, Howard? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it might be different in the lounges because in the um, in the main uh, concourse they were doing free pizza and burgers really? and things. But um, uh, there's a few pictures doing the rounds of uh, some rather unappetising looking yeah, sure. uh, meat. <laughs> yeah. I, I sampled a couple of those sort of evenings at Wembley, where wherever you were included the food. And uh, no, not not appetising at all. But uh, and then we get into the game. So first ten minutes, we first score. ten minutes we score. As the as the ball went went in when it hit the net, the same feeling I always get, but it was a bit stronger. Of when we score early, it's trouble. Yeah, this is, this sc- means trouble. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. And also, it means trouble is going to come. You're, you're playing a side like Villa who have nothing to play for. Yeah. And you do things like slicing the ball into your own net, which is an incredible finish by Regulon. Yeah. But I need to tell, tell everyone, just, just sorry to interrupt you, Howard, I need to tell everyone that I actually didn't watch the game. Um, two of the ladies of my life um, decided to book us into a restaurant in Bristol so met up with my daughter and her man. And of course, we, we had a cuddle to go in and cuddle when we came out. And I was getting all sorts of texts and you know, I'm delighted. The first text is 1-0 up, Bergwin, I think from you, Tom. Yep. Wasn't it? I think so, yeah. So, no, no. But very quickly came the second one. Very quickly. Yeah, it was... Uh... <sighs> And then, and then, just when you think it can't get any worse, um, he then gives it away for the for the for, for the second goal as well. And and yeah, your man Ollie Watkins um, did very well to shake off Dyer. Not that Dyer really put too much into the into the challenge he made. And um, yeah, and after, after that, I mean, the atmosphere just turned toxic. Uh, it was um, quite unpleasant over uh, during half time. Uh, the kind of we want Enoch out chance came out. And um, yeah, people were clearly very unhappy with what was what was going on. And the second half didn't go much better. Um, had a couple of chances, but we just never really ever looked like turning the game around like we did in the Southampton one in Ryan Mason's first game, perhaps, where the second half we kind of really sorted things out and, and looked a lot yeah. better. Um, and and it was Villa who who looked more likely to score. They hit the post later on as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Howard, what about the selection when you when you saw the team? When I saw the team, I was was bit, there surprises? The surprises that he left out Bale because he said Bale can't play two games in four days, whatever it was. Um, but uh, obviously, he's missing Bale. I thought well, that Bergwin was probably most in, most positive striker that we had out there. Um, the rest of it, no, it's pretty much picked itself. Although I do wonder and have always wondered why we haven't played Ndombele at all during this period. Because he tries something different. He's, he brings in a bit of a different yeah. individual skill. 
yeah. And he, he made a, made a few chances in the limited time he was on. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen with him. He cost us seventy million. Harry goes for a hundred. That's that's a lot a lot of money already gone, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So coming back to the slice own goal, um, the pair of you may remember my my some of my football talk in the early season was about the number of times that I felt that we were lucky not to concede an own goal, uh, particularly from Sanchez. And I was talking to Tom earlier about this, Howard, that, that if you're left back, for instance, talk about the left back position because it was McGill who, who, who made that particular area. I've not seen him do it before, by the way, but so if you're left back and the ball's coming down the other side, Eventually, the ball comes into the box. And if you're going to clear it, you'll probably clear it one touch because you don't get time to bring a ball down and play and stuff. You're going to head it out or, I mean, the ball can go anywhere, of course. But it's normally on your right foot being the left back because you're recovering to your goal. So I don't know if players these days, bearing in mind... I was involved at the sort of second division level for the last 15 years of my life. But players need to practice their, their wrong foot clearances one touch. Good strike on the ball, get a lot of leather on it, what direction are you putting it in, etc. And it feels like maybe, maybe that there's not enough work being done on that more basic thing. I think lots of lots of energy is put into talking about between the lines and the low block and the high block and all these modern terms. But you know, I, I was discussing this today, and you know, Bill Nicholson would say to me, for instance, Steve, Steve, you tackle, you, you can tackle, good. But I want you to tackle and pass at the same time. So, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thinking, I'm delighted I'm winning the tackle, Bill. I've got to be honest. And actually, because my focus is into that ball, I think I am winning it. So if I start thinking tackle and pass to you, Mullers, or Martin, I'm not sure I'm putting the... Anyway, how can I argue with a great man? Absolutely not. And he'd say to me things like, uh, Steve, midfield, you've got to pass the ball with your head. Pass it. Don't just head it as far as you can. You're not a centre-back. You've got to tuck your chin in and head it to people. Now, this all sounds basic, but I don't know. I wish I knew I should watch more training sessions. Do they practice things like that? Or is it too mundane for the players these days? Is it, I've used the word, is it too basic? And I still come back to it. One of the best goals I've ever seen is Pele gets a ball in the World Cup, takes the pace off the ball, has a look up and rolls it along the floor to Carlos Alberto, who smashes it in the far corner. Well, that looks so easy what Pele did, but it's not easy. <laughs> but it's basic. So I wonder if that's part of what we're missing on. 
Was it um, was it lack of confidence? Can you find a reason, Tom, why the game deteriorated in the way it did? I mean, you've you've got to wonder what it was like for the players having fans back, having spent a year, you know, without them. Um, especially when you think that Reguilón uh, and Hoiberg uh, haven't even played in front of Spurs fans, other than a, a handful at the Arsenal game. Um, yeah, and as I say, the atmosphere did turn quite quickly um, when when things weren't going our way, and so you wonder if that has a, has, has any impact. Um, but but otherwise, it just looked like like you say we weren't doing the basics right. Some of the passing was atrocious. Um, yeah, Harry wasn't really leading the line like he he normally does. I hate to say it, but he did look relatively yeah. disinterested at times. Um, it's yeah, and, and there's a lot of confidence missing from. I mean, it's a bit of an elephant in the room, but regularly on that has, has looked pretty bereft of, of of confidence for a while now. It, yeah, he started so well, and yeah. um, and I think yesterday kind of was a, was a, was a kind of culmination of how he's been been playing lately. So yeah, there's a few a few reasons, but but certainly the atmosphere from the from from the fans um, probably didn't help the team's confidence in terms of how they were playing, but, um, you know, it, sh- it shouldn't have an impact. And how was Tangana playing before he went off? He went off with an injury, didn't he? Howard, yeah. pre- perhaps for you. Yeah, I thought he did quite, quite well at right back. Not that he's in much competition because we, he's either Aurier or Do- Doherty. Yeah. Aurier, I think he's going anyway. Doherty has just had a miserable, miserable season. But... Often it is that that moment when a big transfer comes in, they don't really settle down quickly enough. So I yeah. guess when I look down my list of the squad that I want to keep and those I want to sell, I'd keep him for another year just to see if he can improve yet. He can settle down. And and when he came on a sub, did he seem to have more confidence, or was he the same player that we'd seen? He played a couple of decent passes, so he did better than we've seen. But again, it was just so poor overall. Mm. And and the manager's performance, Tom, um, substitutions and stuff. Yeah, I mean, as, as Howard says, I, I struggle to understand why why we're not playing um, and Dombele a bit more. Um, I think that the, the starting lineup, yeah, we, we, had, we had Winks starting in there with Hoybier, and I haven't seen that partnership work at all um, this season. Uh, I do feel for Ryan Mason though because he's he's come in and he's had to do press conferences on you know, immediately after the European Super League stuff, you know, and he's also having to handle these questions about Harry Kane, um, and yeah, quite quite a lot of quite marked questions um, from 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 journalists, obviously keen to kind of progress certain narratives that are going on. Um, and um, I think he conducts himself really well in terms of how yeah. he responds to them. But but you do, you do, it does feel a bit like he's thrown under the bus a bit, having to take on these questions um, about decisions and um, goings on that, that that are actually yeah coming coming from much much higher up than him. Yeah. Sorry, my skybox just fell down there. Hmm. No, no there. one, no one near it. No one tackled him. Just went down. Anyway, so um, so a disappointing night, eh? Yep. Disappointing night, and it leads yep. us into the last game, which is 
feels like it's a bit of a waste of time, but of course we can still follow. Uh, we can still finish above our near rivals, can't we? If we if we do it we right, need, we, we need to win to get to Europa, Europa League. I think. Yeah, yeah. We could quite easily uh, miss out on the um, yeah on the uh, conference. What wonderful sounding Europa conference as yes. well. I think Ever- Everton are right behind us as well. Um, so Everton and Arsenal could easily, you know, nip over us. It's not going to be a great um, magnet for uh, or, or reasons to sign top players, is it? If it's a top player, he wants to play in Europe, surely. Yeah. As as Harry does, for instance. Yeah. And and if it's right that he's going, then Harry will want to go to a Champions League team. I, I'm I'm assuming. Do we, actually, do we actually think he's going? Yeah, for what, sure. What about the reaction on the pitch at the end? I was so disappointed with what I'd seen. I went into the lounge, but I saw him just at the very end, and he he definitely had tears in his eyes and was. Yeah, it was it, it was it was a real kind of sad comparison to four years ago on the final day of the 2016-2017 um, season when he um, you know when he was practically carried off the pitch by cheering. Yeah. cheering supporters at the end of a very good season and see him yesterday just kind of walking walking around almost by himself stood in front of the 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 south stand mm. it was really sad and it's also interesting that he um that, that that the fans weren't anywhere near him either we weren't none of the lower tiers were were, were populated they kept all the sponsor um all the sponsor logos out but presumably presumably for TV purposes, I don't know, rather than actually have the fans down um, anywhere near the pitch where we could actually kind of um, give them a bit more of a, a reception. Yeah. But we were all very, you know, very high up and it just felt very cold and sterile um, when, when he came out. Um, so I, I've been reading about the players went in and then came out. Is that when Harry was filmed sort of on his own, walking around, waving to the crowd? Or was that, before they went into the dressing room at the end of the game, I I I missed them come back out again. I I, ah, I decided, okay. so I, I, but, but he did he did walk around in front of us um, at, the, at the end of the game for quite some time. Okay, um, so that must have been where he was being filmed. Yeah, but he looked he so. looked like he was on his own. He wasn't in a group yeah. of players. Yeah, I think um, if I remember rightly, I think uh, Hoybier had his um, had his daughter on there, and so he was kind of like slightly tied up with. With trying yeah. to trying to like keep keep tabs on her and Harry was uh, kind of um, I don't I don't think it was deliberate that he was kind of stood there by himself but I just think they all kind of split up, spread out a little bit as they were as they were kind of um, applauding the the fans at the end. Yeah. So overall, not a bad one for me to miss. I think you did well there, Steve. Mm. Not not that I knew anything or I had um, I had people who support Aston Villa, telling me that they were going to play a young side. I don't know if that was true or not, because I haven't looked at their team. But apparently they've got a lot of really good young talent there. They brought on a few of them at the end, actually, the last two. Did they? Yeah. Did they? And they, they signed one particular one. I think they give about three quarters of a million pound for him as a 15, 16-year-old from Exeter. So they're, they're having a go underground, aren't they? Aston Villa, yeah. and I, I heard today from Tiz that um, because I, I did most of the talking to Tottenham, um, actually, when I say Tottenham, I mean David Pleat. David Pleat 
has got a football brain, of course, and he keeps his eyes everywhere and his ears everywhere and he's got links here and stuff. And one of the links he would have with Division 2, particularly Exeter, was me. And Ollie Watkins was starting to, to create waves uh, with his goals and his performances and the write-ups he was getting. And uh, this bloody sky thing has fallen down again. So, um, but at the end, um, Tottenham went against signing him. And remember, he went to uh, Brentford for 1.8 million. I did say to Tottenham that if you take him, um, you know, we've been, long, we've been dealing a long time with Brentford. You know, f- for us to sort of stop that happening, I've got to say that it's for more money. So you being Tottenham Premier League, it's, it's going to cost you two million. And I'm not embarrassed to say that. That's what we wanted. But uh, anyway, eventually they went against him. And uh, I don't know who it is the manager dealt with. But eventually it goes above me. So you'll notice that I'm putting Tiz at the top of the food chain in terms of a football decision. And he was told by someone at Tottenham that they went against Dolly because, in their opinion, he was too old in a way. He obviously wasn't old, but he was too old, bearing in mind that playing in Division 2 for two or three years that he had done meant that he'd got too many bad habits. I've only heard that today. Do you know what? If I'd have heard that from a voice at Tottenham, I would have told them where they can go for their next player because because that is like a snobbery of... Could you imagine a young player being brought up at a club where Steve Perriman is? And I I hate talking about me, but the one thing they're going to have is good habits. (laughs) I don't know what they're going to start with being down in Devon and I don't know where it's going to finish, but on that journey, they are going to have bloody good habits. That that should not be in question. So in a way, if we had to lose, and of course we didn't, but if we had to lose, I'm delighted that Ollie scored the goal and, um, and progresses his, his own career and actually at the same time where it looks like we're going to be losing our main goal scorer. And you have to ask yourself, of course, there's going to be some decisions made, who's going, who's staying, etc. But also you've got to ask yourself where the goals are going to come from if Harry does go. Yeah. Because that's a major. Well, I've said it before in these podcasts. He creates goals. He scores goals, obviously obviously scores, not so obviously creates goals and he actually defends his goal. So you're getting, wherever he goes, if he's going, you've got three players and one there. So, you know, look after him and and well done, Harry, for um, for the service you've given us if, if he ends up going. So I also want to congratulate uh, Roy Hodgson on a fantastic career. Yep, having yeah, yeah. just left Crystal Palace. He um, he, sort of very well known at all levels of football in England. But I think at some stage 
he virtually had to go to Sweden, to Scandinavia, mm. to progress his career. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a similarity there with the lad Potter. I say lad, he's not a lad. But um, the Potter man at, at Brighton, who's done fantastic things there in Sweden, with a lesser club, I'm sure, than, than Roy had, um, to elevate himself up to the spotlight, which is where they 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 took him to Swansea first, and then to Brighton. So, I'm just wondering if um, if there's something there as per our next manager. But that's not me starting rumours because I know nothing. I know how to develop young players, but I do not know who the next Tottenham manager is. So. Um, yeah, there was one other congratulations I wanted to give. So, of course, we're playing Leicester. Um, they've just won the cup final. We're all aware. Thank you, Leicester, for beating Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. We're all happy with that, aren't we, chaps? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, of course, harping back to my book, my new love, this book. Not, not my book, by the way, but it belongs to me. Um the famous double was achieved by beating Leicester. Correct. 2-1? Two, 2-0. Two 2-0, two nil. Two nil. great. Well done, Howard. I knew you was on that. So um, I think they, when I talk to young players about the Wembley hoodoo, do you know what I'm talking about, chaps? Of course I do. Do you, Tom? The Wembley hoodoo. He don't. Howard, he don't know. So... <laughs> In around about the late 50s, 60s, where, where we, the likes of me and Howard, got involved with watching games, the FA Cup final, wow, we, you sat in front of the telly all day long. Um, it seemed like every year the hoodoo stuck, struck an injury on one side or the other. And because there was no substitutes in those days, it was like the, the limping player who got injured was out on the wing, sort of not getting in anyone's way as such. So I think that happened to Leicester and... Um, Chalmers. Chalmers, yeah. And it, it had a huge bearing on the game, apparently. Um, as ever, Bill Nick was not, <laughs> not satisfied with the performance. You won't be surprised to hear that. And I want to just read out a couple of bits from this article in the paper. I'm going to take a picture of it and maybe you can read it yourself because... It's an article that deserves reading and uh, it's by a chap called Bob Ferrier and it's talking about Bill Nicholson and I'm trying to put this in context with today, for instance, the, the sort of manager you need or was this such a different era that can't be these days? You have to manage in a different way because you've got to deal with agents and chairman you've got to deal with, etc. So, um, In football, there's a feeling that Bill Nicholson, the Tottenham manager, is a hard man. He played it hard in the Tottenham team of a decade ago. There is the evidence of his background. Staff Sergeant PTI in the war. And of the ruddy complexion, the serious countenance on the world, the red hair cut short. Well, does anyone remember him having red hair? No. I don't quite get that. But anyway, but by the time I met him, he was probably grey. Watching too many games, I might add. So 
I believe in hard work. I'm, I'm missing bits out. I believe in hard work. I mean, I believe that if there's a job to be done, you do it fully and completely and don't spare yourself. We were delving back into this preposterous season that Spurs have suffered and survived and enjoyed in which everything they touched turned to gold. We sought the answer to how it all happened, but I think we failed to find it. Bill Nick goes on to talk about he felt his team had a superiority. And that wasn't because they were flash. It was because they truly believed in each other and they knew what each other were good at. And therefore, when that sparked into action, the Dave Mackay tackle or the John White pass or the, or the, the Cliff Jones run, that it all knitted together. And then there were periods of a game where no team could touch him. Despite that, Bill Nicholson says, he said, the players do it all. I suppose it really begins and ends with them. But their exhilaration can be my exhilaration. There is a deep pleasure in seeing hard work put into effect and being rewarded. I don't think I'm jealous of them. I've long since accepted that I've had my day as a player, but I'm, I dearly like to work with them in training. The papers, listen to this, the papers have talked about super, the Super Spurs. It is a neat tag, but it's simply not true. We are a long way from that. I feel we could do so much better. There's a manager just ringing that bit extra out of his team. They won the double after all. Well, I, what, what you got to do with Bill to, to, to get praise? You got to like win the treble, win the quadruple. What you got to do? Win the Grand National or something. But anyway, so I, I, I'll attempt to take a better picture than what I've already took. And if you want to read it on the, from what Tom puts out later on, so be it. But, um, but yeah, the other the other link I have with Admiral and some of our younger listeners will will be able to relate to this was when the all the kits changed from a white shirt with a different badge on being Tottenham, Derby, England, Fulham, etc. All of a sudden, the money got involved and Admiral started making kits and Admiral was from Leicestershire. So famous area for making clothes which turned into admiral the the uh, the shirt company and i always remember you know we had, myself and my brother bill had sports shops and of course when that first happened man united wales coventry tottenham hotspur leeds united etc they were signing everyone up so you had to buy the specific shirt and building up to Christmas, you saw the orders coming in from the public and you knew you probably weren't going to be able to service it because this was happening all over the country. So one day my brother said, Steve, I'm going to, uh, I've got a, a van and I'm going to drive up to, to Admiral. What for? 
he said, I'm going to park outside there and I'm not moving until they fill it up with gear. And it's the only way we're going to get it. So well done, Bill. That's why, um, that's why I was in business with him. And um, so thank you for listening. Uh, well done to Leicester for the cup final win. Hopefully you don't win at the weekend. Hopefully our Spurs boys can get a grip of themselves and, and do some stuff. I've read a couple of things on, on social media. What would Dave Mackay have thought of that team the other night? Dave Mackay's got more aggression in his little finger than, than what was on show. Um, someone else said that uh, Graham Roberts should have got into them. Well, some of us had to get into Graham Roberts, by the way. But anyway, I'm going to read you the last bit. Without bitterness, but with a trace of wonder, Bill Nicholson said, all season supporters have been writing in to tell me what team to select. Nothing changes there, eh? Even with a double team, the supporters. Yeah. Even after we got through the semi-final, one man wrote saying that he could guarantee us victory in the cup final. Guarantee it. No possible doubt about it. All he wanted was £300 <laughs> for the information that he was going to give Bill Nicholson. Now, you might think that's strange, but I actually got offered the same, same thing at Exeter City. A man who always headed his, his letters to me saying supporter for 66 years or the next year will be supporter 67 years. And I can come in and show you how to improve those players. And all I'd want for it is £300. Just shows you, eh? Experience counts for nothing when, when some, some supporters, not you all. So thank you for listening. Um, bit of a depressing one, um, but at least we've got it out of our system now. The game is done. The, the food has been eaten or not eaten or wasted. Who knows where it went? For you troops there that, uh, that managed to get to the game. So, um, yeah, let's look forward to a good cricket season, finish our season off properly. And, um, and then we're going to have a bit of a break. I'm not, not yet decided. I haven't spoke to the chaps yet about how long we're going to have a break for. But uh, during that break, we can do some interviewing of various guests. So have some in, in the background waiting to come out when we start the, the, uh, the podcast again. But... Uh, We've enjoyed doing it, chaps, haven't we, this season? Absolutely. Despite the, uh, the results and the disappointments. Very therapeutic. <laughs> and you two even met up yeah. last night. Yeah, by chance. Bumped bump into each other on the high road. By chance. That yeah. can't be bad, eh? Only because of the food they supplied in the lounge. Yes. yes. In the lounge, these cookies and this popcorn. And we, we're driving away from the ground. And Viv says to me, don't you spill any of that on this car. I've just cleaned it. So, of course, being me, I had bites of the cookie. It went everywhere. So I said, <laughs> pull, pull up while I spread it down. And that's where he was. Wow. That's it's written in the stars. <laughs> wow. Well done. Okay. And thank you for Viv. No, no apologies today from her. Um, I've told her how many fans she's gained in the last <laughs> podcast. So well done, her. And, um, yeah been great talking to you all thanks for listening thanks for the numbers the 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 
the following that, that's been built up. It's really, really kind of, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it, but uh, there'll be more to come. Um, it started because of, of uh, lockdown, but uh, then in the end, you know, I think we all enjoyed doing it. So yeah. not a bad way to be doing something and spend a bit of our time. So thank you for listening. Up the Spurs, keep the faith, and uh, let's see where we let's see we end up after Sunday's game, and uh, and let's have a good summer signing some good players. Thanks for listening. Up the Spurs. <laughs> <laughs>